0: As Pascal Siakam continues to rack up the accolades, he's starting to put himself into the conversation among the best Raptors of all time. And one player who particularly is an interesting comparison case to Siakam is Chris Bosch. Is Chris Bosh sort of forgotten in Raptors history? Might he have had the career that Siakam is having right now? Had he been drafted into a team that was actually competent? And who is actually the better player overall as a Toronto Raptor? Bosh or Siakam? We'll get into all of that on today's show with Vivek Jacob from Raptors.com. It's Siakam. It's Bosh. Let's go. Oh, like because when I shot I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot trying to miss.
1: You are locked on Raptors. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team Every day, Canada, the NBA
2: title is yours. We're going to the brink of the hail mary three by Mo Get that cabbage out of here! Uh
0: huh, uh uh-huh, uh-huh. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number eleven eighty. Six, I think, of Locked On Raptors for Monday, May the 30th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of raptorshq.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked Raptors. And you can follow, subscribe to, rate, review the podcast wherever you get your podcast. It's very much appreciated when you take the time to support the show. And you can also find the podcast on YouTube. It's free over there as well. We have over 2,000 subscribers because uh, over 2,000 people are very, very lovely people. Join the group, why don't you? It's a cool clan. And jump on in there and uh, you can support the podcast in a very free and easy way. Uh, All right, on today's show, we are going to be talking about Pascal Siakam and Chris Bosch, two very interesting and obviously important players in Toronto Raptors history. We'll talk about how they compare, who's the better player, and also did Chris Bosch kind of get robbed by the fact that the Raptors' front office was a bunch of bumbling morons at the very beginning of his time with the Raptors? We'll get to that in just a second as well. But first, I should tell you that today's show is brought to you by our pals over at Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered with all all season long, with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Betonline is where the game starts. Alright. Right, right, let's get to it. Let's bring in our wonderful guest. It's Vivek Jacob from Raptors.com, a man who I know is a Chris Bosch acolyte. Big V, how are you, man?
2: I'm good. I'm excited to ha- do this episode and talk all about Chris Bosch. And uh, I know we'll get into a little bit of Pascal Siakam as well. Mm-hmm. Um, had a good weekend, enjoyed the Champions League action, enjoyed uh, the I did too. Seven it was action. hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs>
0: I mean, well, with that, yeah, we'll, we'll get to the Champions League on another podcast. We, uh, Tottenham's back in it, so I'm fully back on board next year. Well, it's gonna there be you go. A, a through line throughout the entire podcast. But for now, we just get to laugh and point at Liverpool fans for losing. Did you catch this thing? This has nothing to do with anything. Did you catch this, like, scam that Everton fans ran for Liverpool fans? They, like, set up a fake charter bus... Uh, under, like, something-something coach lines. It was like a fake charter bus company created by Everton fans. They had the bus driver who was about to drive all these Liverpool fans to Paris. The bus driver's name was Richard Arleson. Of course, an expanded oh form goodness. of Rich Arlison. <laughs> and the bus never showed up, and those Liverpool fans just never made it to the game. Uh, that's... Raptors fans, get get step your game up. All North American wow. sports fans, step your game up. That's the greatest thing I've ever heard anyway. Uh...
2: <laughs> if there if there is one thing I would love to see North American fans adopt from like all these uh, European soccer or mm-hmm. just soccer in general is you know the chants and the songs that are made about different players oh, yeah. and all that. Like mm-hmm. if you get that going at Scotiabank Arena, I mean, the odds of that now versus like when you had real fans in the building. Um...
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're telling me the suits can't figure out a way to sing, man? Come on. You're you're, you're underestimating the power of the suits uh, to uh, belt yeah. out some songs about Scotty Barnes. Man, Scotty Barnes is a very chantable name as well. There's got to be something to work on here. Also, Detroit Pistons fans, they should do the Richarlison uh, scam for Raptors fans going down to Detroit. <laughs> like, oh my goodness. It's uh, it, It's a... Like a, a bus that's scheduled to be driven by Bo B. Webster or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's talk about what we're here to talk about, Big V. It's the off season. We can meander a little bit more than typically, but mm-hmm. we should get into Pascal Siakam and, more importantly, Chris Bosh on this episode. The reason I kind of wanted to do this show After Pascal Siakam was named All-NBA last season, it just kind of continues a pretty impressive run for Siakam when it comes to picking up accolades here in his NBA career. Of course, the most improved already, two-time All-NBA, an all-star starter one time, uh, and of course an NBA champion back in 2019. And he's starting to amass a pretty impressive resume as a Toronto Raptor in a way that Chris Bosh, while he had the stats never quite picked up the same accolades. And so it got me thinking a little bit last week, thinking about Siakam, his place in Raptors history, and Bosch is kind of the easy guy who comes up. We even talked earlier this season, I think there was a mailbag question about, you know, who's the better player, Siakam or Bosch, and we're going to talk about it today. I still don't even know where I totally come down on that, and of course, I write every year my Ranking Every Raptor update, and this is a thing that's going to stress me out until I write that in, like, September, because I don't know if I'm going to put Siakam ahead of Bosch this year or not, but... Let's get to Bosch off the top here because his career with the Raptors, of course, very prolific statistically, not a lot in terms of team success, just a couple of playoff appearances in 07 and 08. The 08 playoff appearance, probably the most forgettable playoff loss of all time in five games to the Magic, and the year before they'd fallen six to the Nets, so never advanced beyond the first round. Only made All-NBA one time, did Chris Bosh as well, back in 2006-07, the year they did do that. Uh, they were the third seed in the, West, in the Eastern Conference, that is, and then lost to the Nets. He made the All-Star game a whole bunch, five times with the Raptors, from 05 all the way through his final season in 2009-2010. But again, not a lot of accolades. He was an all-rookie player in 03-04. My question to you, Big V, is had he been drafted at a different time? Or like with a front office that didn't draft Hafa Arugio ahead of Andre Iguodala, and didn't trade away Vince Carter for pennies, like... 1435-era pennies, uh, counting inflation on the dollar for Vince Carter. Had they actually assembled a real roster from Rob Babcock into Brian Colangelo... Are we talking about Chris Bosh's career as something that has a little bit more in terms of adornment when it comes to, uh, you know, honors and awards and things like that? Or was it always going to kind of be difficult for a guy like Chris Bosh, who was a very good player, but wasn't necessarily like a playmaker, wasn't like a guy you're running your offense through? Was it always going to be hard for him to rack up those stats? And then, I mean, the stats came, but the awards certainly didn't.
2: Yeah, I think this is a fun question because, again, you can make parallels to... Pascal Siakam, and it's like, hey, maybe he's not quite the best player on a championship team, Yeah, but I think he would have been a tremendous force that would have, if he had, you know, the requisite talent, would have taken you to conference semis, battling for conference finals, um, and then you, you see what happens, right? Like, if you go back to when uh, the Heatles formed... LeBron was the last to join, to ma- to sort of make that announcement, right? Mm-hmm. And initially you were thinking, oh, wow, Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh
1: yeah. is
2: going to be absolutely phenomenal together. Like just that was enough to have that thought, right? Yeah. And so I think yeah. that lends to what the belief level was about Chris Bosh. And then the same way when LeBron left, again, it was like, oh, okay, this... Team is still going to be very good with Wade and Bosch. Mm -hmm. Um, And then obviously, uh, because of the blood clots and whatnot, uh, we didn't get to necessarily see that pan out. But I think that perception before and after lends to what people thought of Chris Bosch and how he was properly viewed. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we talk about all NBA, you know, that was a time when he's competing against the likes of Kevin Garnett and Tim Duncan. And so, Shaq uh, still still <laughs> <away. laughs> yeah so yeah. uh so you can see why he may- maybe got all those all-star nods but not quite uh the all nba uh so yeah. uh i think from a talent standpoint he was phenomenal um and you know i think maybe we can get into this uh, a little bit later it's like the responsibility that was cast on him uh in pretty much his second season after the vince trade Mm-hmm. Pascal had that opportunities to sort of grow into uh, what he's what he's wanted and what the franchise now wants out of him.
0: Yeah, I really do want to kind of talk about the way in which Bosch's career could have gone had you know some certain things fallen into place for the Raptors just after he was drafted. But you know, I think you're right in that you know he I think is probably unfairly viewed in Raptors history honestly like he he is right there with like all the counting stats he is like he's a leading rebounder he's one of the top scorers he's one of the top shot blockers even though he was never really considered a great defensive player like the longevity he had with the team and look he's only, he only played for seven seasons with the Raptors but by Raptors standards baby that's an eternity especially back in that time period and so it's tricky. When it also when it comes to the All Stars, I mean, you made five. I it's sort of a similar sort of inverse argument to the All NBA thing. In the Eastern Conference in the mid two thousands, it was pretty easy to make the All Star game if you had twenty and ten like that. That was not exactly like a loaded field. Bosch was a starter a ton of times in a row, and you know some of the guys he was making the All Star team with. A lot of Anton Jamison in there. A lot of Jameer Nelson. Not these aren't great players, but come on like yeah. a lot of Devin Harris and Joe Johnson and all of these guys who like racked up all-stars because the East was kind of butt and not to say Bosch was of that tier because obviously he was better than your Devin Harris's and Anton Jameson's, but certainly I think if he's in the Western Conference with the guys you were talking about throw in Dirk throw in whoever right like it's going to be pretty difficult for him. Paul Gasol was out there like that it, it was always going to be hard for him to make that many all-star games if he was playing in an opposite conference. So I think he was a little bit fortunate to be drafted to the Raptors in that specific regard. Not that anyone in the mid-2000s was fortunate to be drafted to the Raptors. Uh, we're going to continue on. And on that thread. I think that's a great th- name, by the way.
2: Pagasol in terms of like maybe yeah. how Bosch should be properly viewed.
0: Sure, though. sure. That's a good point. Um, We'll get to uh, a little bit more on Bosch and sort of where things went wrong with his time with the Raptors, mostly due to anyone but him. We'll get to that in one second. And then at the end of the show, we'll get into the Siakam versus Bosch debate. But before we do that, just want to tell you about our friends over at betonline.net, who are the number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs. The NBA Finals are coming up, baby. I will very, very reluctantly be watching them because, God, that matchup sucks but major league baseball scores fights even next year's nfl futures are also there as well the stanley cup playoffs continue on if you want to just take the over on all the avalanche oilers games you're going to have yourself a pretty good time that series is going to be amazing bet online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs esports and more head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in the action bet online is where the game starts
1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: And we continue on here with your first listen of the day, digging into Pascal Siakam and Chris Bosh. And in particular now, Chris Bosh's career and sort of the different forks in the road that could have led to a, a, let's say, a more fruitful time with the Toronto Raptors. Um, Of course, he's drafted in 2003 in the LeBron James draft. He goes fourth overall. And a year and a half after he's drafted, the Raptors trade away, uh, you know, Vince Carter for nothing. Uh, Also, is it the 2005 draft where they do not draft Andre Iguodala? Instead, they draft Hafa Arujo. Might have been the 04 draft. Either way, very early in Chris Bosh's career. And for me, when I was thinking about this last week and thinking about the way that Siakam was able to jump into a good team have a year of seasoning in the G League, then have a year where he was just a nice, capable bench hand, and then have a year where he could step up and be the second or third best player, or third, third best player, second best scorer on a championship team, and then kind of take the reins. Like, that's a progression and a level of patience and time and rope that Chris Bosch never had the luxury of because the team around him was horribly mismanaged and he was very clearly the only beacon of hope on it for a while. So let's think about this. If the Raptors do go ahead and actually mend fences and keep Vince Carter around. If the Raptors do go ahead and take Andre Iguodala 8th overall instead of Hafeza Arujo, like do you see a world in which Chris Bosh kind of has that similar slow progression? It's probably not like the G League wasn't a thing uh, the way it is today back then. Um, you know, for development and sort of seasoning guys. The Raptors didn't have their own team, so that's kind of out of the question, but do you see a world in which Bosh kind of slowly levels up into being like the second or third best player on the team by year three or four or five? Or, you know, is it a similar sort of thing? Maybe it's just not enough around him with with Vince and Igadala, But like there's a universe in which that happens. And I feel like we have a bit more of a favorable view of Bosh because the team probably just wins more with him on the team.
2: Yeah, I think if you just frame it as if the Raptors have a different office, if the Raptors say have this front office with Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster, yeah. then I think there's a whole lot that changes, right? Mm-hmm. Because I don't think you know Vince Carter uh, is demanding a trade. Uh, I, I I think he's sticking around and he's giving everything he has, and that in itself changes th- the trajectory because then you you've got a pretty good team. Uh, with him alongside Jalen Rose and uh, Chris Bosch. I I think, you know, it gives him more of a leash and more leeway. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I still think he develops pretty quickly to make them a a formidable team. And so what happens from there, who knows? But uh, so much of what's changed in the franchise's perception is because of the way the front office has mapped things out because of mm-hmm. the way the front office has uh drafted and so if you're changing those things then yeah it, it's very very different you're talking about again Andre Agadala instead of rafael rujo that's that's huge that's <laughs> i don't huge lose sleep difference. over that one ever I, never <laughs> just,
0: just never think about it ever any uh-huh.
2: and even uh <laughs> so 04 was was that draft. 05 was um yeah, Charlie Villanueva, which was fine. Uh mm-hmm. you ended up turning that into TJ Ford, but mm-hmm. later on in that same draft you take Joey Graham over a guy like Danny Granger, right?
0: Um so god, we're just dredging up all sorts of feelings right now. God. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's
2: why, you know, uh and maybe this is for a later section of the, the podcast, but that's why when Chris Bosch left, mm-hmm. I held nothing against him. Yeah. I How I could had you? reached a I <laughs> I had reached a point with the franchise where I was fed up with the decisions that were being made mm-hmm. and I was like this this guy is too talented to be here. Mm-hmm. Like I was like go win somewhere else cuz obviously everything they every move that they make isn't going to help this team get to a level that in my opinion he deserves.
0: In hindsight, it's pretty wild. You know how every GM kind of gets their one last gasp, like, desperate, I'm not going to be here if this doesn't work out kind of move? Yeah. He got, like, Brian Klangelo got, like, three of those at the very (laughs) least. Like, he had the Jermaine O'Neal thing. That on its own could have been fireable considering he traded Roy Hibbert for him. And, you know, it just never, ever really gelled on the floor. And then the Hedo thing, like... Oh my God, <laughs> that could yeah. not have gone worse. And then, of course, you get the Rudy Gay trade, which was the last gasp of Brian Calangelo. Like most GMs, usually get shit canned if uh, you know they make one of or two of those moves, let alone all three over the course of like five years. Wild stuff. Just way too much Brian Colangelo in this in the Raptors franchise history, man. Yes, he built a pretty nice team with some fun Euros in 06-07, but like, let's go, dude. What, what are we talking about here? Um, yeah, it, it's tricky, man. Obviously, I think Bosch developed faster than Siakam ever. Like, he was a fourth overall pick. He had Petteri coming in, right? So it's a little bit like the track. You can't quite compare them because He'd Siakam played basketball. going to more time. Yeah, exactly. He didn't start playing when he was 16 or whatever, yeah. Um. So, yeah, like, it's always going to be difficult to compare those tracks exactly. But I do wonder if you have him on a team with Iguodala and Bosch, like, or, sorry, and Vince, like, does he get a little bit more recognition for, you know, all NBA just because they win more games and maybe are a bit more of a relevant team. Does he have some kind of, you know, a, I don't know, like a it's difficult with the defense, right? Cause like he wasn't a great defender with the Raptors. He was maybe playing at a position for what he actually ended up being. Cause he ended up being an excellent small ball, five, small ball, five, he was six eleven Like what are we talking about? Uh, but like, he was an incredible five defensively for the heat like, do you think the defense kind of comes earlier if he's playing with a better team? Or, you know, is the fact that he, you know, didn't quite learn defense until he started playing in like a brand new system under Eric Spolstra, like, does that still kind of hold up?
2: Um, Yeah, I think the second half of his Raptors career, he was very much a good defender, I think. Mm. And then he went to being a great defender with Miami. Sure. Uh, and I, I definitely feel like if you had more winning pieces uh, around him, it, it looks very different. I think it's very difficult to play de- defense when Andre Barniani is uh, your center. Uh, <laughs> God, What was this team, man? We're
0: so spoiled like, now. Holy Christ.
2: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, sp- I specifically remember a game in Oakland where the Raptors were playing the Warriors and the Raptors were playing well. Mm -hmm. And Bosch was having a game as usual. And the Warriors had come down the floor and they had gotten like three or four offensive rebounds in a row. And Mm -hmm. it seemed like everyone was doing their job. But Bargnani and sitting
0: there with pasta gut, just letting dudes box his ass out. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. And then, you know, I think Golden State finally got a score. And the Raptors called a timeout. And as they're going to the timeout, you just see Bosch completely rip into bargnani yeah and it was kind of you know he was fed up he was trying to light a fire under him it was and that was the thing right i think people forget how competitive chris Bosch was just oh, because yeah. of the way the, the way it ended yeah right because he at the end of it he was like oh i'm not gonna play i'm gonna protect myself for free agency that type of thing yeah um but this was a dude who I remember the first season, because he had done so much winning at Georgia Tech and at the high school level, the team went on an eight-game losing streak or whatever it was, and he was on the bench crying. Yeah. Like, that's how much losing hurt him. Yeah. Um So he was super competitive. Um, and, you know, when you see moves around you constantly that don't scream winning, at a certain point, everyone reaches their limit.
0: Yeah, I, I think if you... And I don't think this is a thing, right? I don't think many people begrudge Chris Bosch for leaving the Raptors the same way they begrudge the way things ended with Vince, right? Or, you know, Damon No, Stout I don't think Iron, anything's Chris ever going to be Brady. the like, same no. as Vince. <laughs> no, no. And, yeah, I think at that point, most people were resigned having just watched Hito Turgaloo, like, stumble his way through one season. Like, oh, yeah, okay, they failed to build a team around this guy. Go nuts. I think it's probably amplified because just, like... Everybody hated the Heat when they first formed, and so that probably informed a little bit of it. Like, if he had gone and just signed with Dallas like it was rumored, like, you know, that I think probably goes even more sort of unnoticed. And, you know, the Raptors fans aren't too concerned about it. Uh, And I think the
2: tweet annoyed people. Yeah, uh, because like Twitter was this new thing, and he was this big tech guy, <laughs> and I think he had tweeted that thing about, oh, where should I go? And right, like, it, it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. That is whatever. some
0: early, early ass posting, man. Yeah, <laughs> before yeah. the art of the post had very much been refined <laughs> over the following decade. Good yeah. thing all the posts now are really good, right? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Uh Yeah, um, it's a shame, man. I, I think there was more there in terms of like team success, maybe not personal accolades just because of, you know, he probably would have been considered that at most the second best player on a Vince Iguodala, Chris Bosh, big three type team. Um, but, you know, I, I do think there's probably more team success and that probably informs how people feel about Chris Bosh today. You know, recency bias is a hell of a drug. We're going to dig into Pascal Siakam versus Chris Bosh. And I know I kind of go in with my own inclinations. I'm curious to hear what you have to say. We've talked about this lightly on the podcast just in passing before, but I'm ready to dig into it. We're going to try to compare Chris Bosh, Pascal Siakam, determine who's the better Raptor in just one second. But first, should tell you that our uh, wonderful daily Locked On Sports Today podcast is on every single day on all the YouTube channels of podcast audio feeds. It's on radio in the States now as well. You can find it on Odyssey Station here and there. It's a wonderful podcast. Pete Bukowski checks in with the local experts of the Lockdown Podcast Network and gives you all you need to know about what happened the night before. Lots of hockey stuff in there. Of course, the NBA is going strong right now on there, too. Go check out Locked Sports today, wherever you get your podcasts.
1: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: All right, we continue on here with your first listen of the day with Big V, Vivek Jacob from Raptors.com. Going to ask the question, better Toronto Raptor of all time. Pascal Siakam. Or Chris Bosch. The statistical case, very much in Bosch's case in, in favor, just in terms of accruing stats. He was a 20 and 10 guy for like six years. That's gonna help you rack up some numbers, and that's gonna take a while for Pascal Siakam, who of course barely played in his first season and then was a bench player in his second season. It's just a lot to a lot of ground to make up. And he's still very early on in his career to six seasons in. So Vivek, better player. Siakam or Bosch, who you got?
2: I think Siakam, as a player, surpassed Chris Bosch this season. Mm -hmm. And so because this is the first season, I still give the overall package to Chris Bosch. When you take the individual accolades and accomplishments as a Raptor, um, if you were to take the team builds and in front offices and everything and give that to chris bosh uh I, I think we're talking about chris bosh extremely differently mm-hmm. as a collective way so um and you know chris bosh wh- what was it six seasons uh as a raptor uh, yeah seven seven seasons. seven yeah. seasons as a raptor pascal's about to enter his seventh season yeah um and so uh i think at that point maybe we will be able to officially put Pascal ahead. Uh, And so for now, I I still lean towards Chris Bosch. And the one thing I will say, you know, again, we talk about how good was Chris Bosch that net series, the first year they go to the playoffs to me watching that the main reason they lost was inexperience. Yeah. Uh, uh, And, uh, and if you just have Jorge Garbajosa instead of joey graham i think things play out differently like the fact that it went six with the inexperience factor uh mm-hmm. and the fact that game six was literally one lob away from going to game seven mm-hmm. that, that richard jefferson gets in the way of um <laughs> i i think it shows that if if a team of you know tj ford jose calderon anthony parker uh that was good enough for him to be competitive with, with those Nets with Jason Kidd and Richard Jefferson and Vince Carter, he was pretty damn good.
0: Yeah, he's only 22 in that first playoff run as well. Um, you know, the number's not really all that standout, just looking at them here. 17.5 points a game, nine boards, two and a half assists, a steal and almost two blocks a game in that series against the Nets. He was pretty inefficient, just 40% on twos, 20% on an attempt a game from three as well. Um, so, you know, you know, first-year playoff struggles, right? Like, that's the inexperience you're talking about. A 22-year-old is probably going to struggle his first time out. The following season, in five games against the Magic, they lose, and it's horrible, but he does go for 24-9-4, uh, 1.6 steals as well, and he shoots 50% overall on twos, uh, just under 50% from the field. So, like, you know, pretty obvious progression there, and then that's the end of his playoff career with the Raptors. God, that's cursed and sad. Um, yeah, with Siakam... It's tricky, because I agree. I think this year, like, what we saw from Pascal this season is better than any season Chris Bosh put together for the Raptors. Two-way play, playmaking, obviously. Like, he's got double the assists that Chris Bosh ever had in one of his seasons with Toronto. And that can't be understated, like, and maybe the game has evolved to the point where guys who can create for others are even more prioritized and more important than they used to be, I don't think that's necessarily totally true, like, it's it's always kind of been a thing, if you can create your own shot, you're gonna be alright, but... Um, you know, it feels a little bit more like a prioritized skill set these days. And for Siakam to be able to do that and be an efficient player while doing that, I think that is just something that Chris Bosh never really had in his bag. And that's nothing against Chris Bosh. That's everything to do with how great Pascal Siakam is. Um, so if that's the case and, like, better player overall in terms of, like, hit the peak... Then you also factor in, like, he literally hit the game-winning shot in the NBA Finals in Game 6 to clinch the title for the Raptors. He had a 32-point game in Game 1 of the Finals. He was good throughout that entire playoff run. You know, the number, the combined scoring between him and Kawhi, the Michael Jordan-Scottie Pippen record. Like, that's very much there. He wins most improved, which, like... I don't really know how much to bake into, like, the importance of most improved. It's kind of a weird sort of uh, highly, highly subjective award. And I don't know if that is, like, a great notch in anybody's belt. It's cool that he did it and got as good as he did. But I don't know if, like, we view his career worse if he doesn't have that award, if that makes sense. Um, You know, the defense, I think, is... Very clearly above what Chris Bosh was as a Raptor. He's a like a borderline All Defense type player. He, he shouldn't. He, he should get more credit for it. Frankly, he didn't get any All Defense votes. Which, if you're going to vote for anybody for All Defense in the Raptors, you could argue might have been Pascal who was the best defender on the team this year. But that's an argument for another day. Um, yeah, it, it's it really is sort of the moments and highs versus the reliable, steady ability that Bosh kind of showed over a lot of years and. Let's put it this way. If Siakam has another season like he just had, somewhere up his sleeve, which I don't think is crazy, it's probably predictable, like it's probably what's going to happen. I think this time next year, we're talking oh yeah, it's obviously Siakam, just a better player. Like another All-NBA or something like that, another All-Star. That's like the big thing, right? Is the one All-Star versus the the five All-Stars that Bosch had as the Raptor? Like that that I guess matters. I don't know how much I care about All Star in this conversation either. Like he did, he should have made it this year. He was an All NBA player and didn't make it, which is you know that's silly in hindsight. But, um, yeah. Like, are you with me in that? Like, one more Siakam season gets him over the hump, or uh, is it still a little bit of time here because of just the stats that Bosch accrued?
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think one season where he, I, I expect him to be even better next season. So yeah. I think uh, Pascal uh you take that on board and then again you know you look at look at the team that, that he's got around him uh they could make some noise in the playoffs so mm-hmm. uh you know you throw that in um and he should be past him you know uh, i haven't double checked you know in terms of the raptors records what specifically pascal is close enough to chris Boshin.
0: He's got him in assists already, but that's really... Well, there you like go. The, the points, yeah. he's like 4,000 behind, so that's going to be a little while. The uh, rebounds, like Bosch is the all-time leading rebounder in team history. He's got like yeah. double what Siakam has, so, uh, yeah. you know, th- so that's going to be, be a little about a couple of
2: seasons away. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, the thing that is going to be special about Pascal is if he plays out the entirety of his next contract with the Raptors Mm -hmm. and they have um, some significant team accomplishments, Mm -hmm. I think you are going to have to put him in uh, the grope conversation.
0: Yeah. I mean, Kyle is going to be difficult to knock off that perch, but I'm glad you brought that up because that was where I was headed next, Big Fee, because you know, we just got simpatico, baby. Um, Like, if he's going to pass Bosch with one more... 2021-like season. 2122. There's too many 20s this decade. I don't care for it. Uh, it's too much of a tongue twister. But if he has one more season like that, passes Bosch, then I think by my personal ranking every Raptor, uh, that, that would put him into fifth behind DeMar kyle vince and Kawhi. um i just i have Kawhi second for the single season accomplishments of literally winning an nba championship and carrying the team on his back for a lot lot of stretch of that like you can quibble with that if you want but like i guess damar is kind of the next guy vince is in there too like are we talking about siakam as like very clearly like if not better than lowry because lowry's impact is so profound and over such a long time Like is the ceiling here at minimum second best Raptor of all time for Pascal? If things kind of continue on this, on this course that it's on.
2: Well, I I honestly think the ceiling, the absolute ceiling is the greatest Raptor of all time because uh, I think when you look at uh, Kyle Lowry's accomplishments, you know, nine seasons as a Raptor, um, you know, it's worked out that way, Mm -hmm. but we can also be honest and realistic about the fact that um, he was very much out the door <laughs> at the beginning. Like he,
0: thrice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and,
2: and he, he wanted to be out the door uh, and move on to San Antonio or Minnesota. It just mm-hmm. so happened that they didn't seem to want him. Market
0: factors, out. baby. Love those market
2: <laughs> factors. <laughs> and, 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 You know, the championship obviously has helped us appreciate him the way that we should. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, realistically, if Pascal were to get one um, in this next era, Mm -hmm. then why shouldn't he be in the conversation, right? Because, again, we're talking absolute ceiling. Then you're saying, okay, maybe he plays out his next contract. So he's over, you know, ten years as a Raptor. Mm-hmm. He's probably breaking all kinds of team records. Um, and you look at the story. I think the story is a big part of it where he is an example of so much of what is right about the Raptors in it's a good point. This time, right? Yeah. You talk about being a late draft pick, going to the G League Winning the G League championship and the finals MVP. Then we talk about development with the Raptors organization. That's where you go and win most improved has some meaning. Then again, all that stuff about winning the championship, being the second leading scorer on the championship team, uh, you know, like we talk about Kyle's championship, like Siakam was a part of that and he was a big part of that. So very big, you- <laughs>
0: very, very important part. They don't win it without yeah. him. That's for damn sure.
2: <laughs> and, and the other thing that kind of gets lost with Pascal is we always talk about the game winning shot in game six. Yeah. He, he had 26 and 10 in that game. Yeah. Yeah. Like he had a monster game. Obviously, mm-hmm. we talk about Kyle's game six because of the way he came out. But Pascal very quietly put up 26 and 10, including that finals clinching shot. So um, you throw in another five years of him being at this level, because again, he's 28. I could very much see him being at this level for the next five years. Yeah. uh, And the Raptors do something special. Like to me, absolutely. He could be the greatest Raptor of all time.
0: I don't even think they need to necessarily need to win a title in the next five years for that to potentially happen, right? Like you get some deep playoff runs. He's already got the title, right? Like he'll always yeah. have that to fall back on. That that's in the bank. That's there. It's you know, I, it's it's always like I'm always worried about. I think the title would too, make it
2: unquestionable.
0: Yeah, you might be right. It's it's so difficult because Kyle Lowry has such an enormous. Uh, part of my soul uh like it's and to think about him not being the greatest raptor raptor of all time is bizarre but i guess like when you're a really well-run franchise this is a thing that happens more than once every 25 years where a new guy comes along it might actually be the best player you ever had which is new and fun and interesting and it's not even to mention like Pascal could go and snatch all these records and then Scotty Barnes could take them away two years later. And and if like the Raptors go and do something special here in the next few years, Scotty Barnes figures to also be an enormous part of that. And it's interesting to sort of think about how Barnes and Siakam could sort of inform each other's own legacy with the team while also kind of competing with each other for this thing that we only care about. But it's kind of the whole thing of being a fan, right? Is sort of ranking your dudes. Um, Man, Pascal. Very good. Very satisfying player to watch. I got to say, man, it's been an absolute ride seeing him figure it out to this point and uh like hopefully all the bad is kind of behind you and there's just green pastures ahead of course it's the nba things can change very quickly and we could be talking about siakam Bolton town after two years if things go horribly wrong maybe they bring in colangelo as a consultant and it all falls to shit again who's to say but uh very interesting conversation today big v i think we could probably leave it there unless you have any parting shots on Bosch, siakam whoever else jorge garbajosa go nuts um, no, I would will, I will just shout out, you know,
2: to have a Chris Boss discussion and not get into the uh, used car sales salesman commercial oh. uh, pitch for the All-Star game. I'm um, very
0: sorry I did this. I think it's, I, I would have done it if not for uh, copyright on YouTube. <laughs> that's, that's why. I'm scared <laughs> of copyright. I just
2: want to give that a shout out. Uh, <laughs> tremendous content. And that maybe, you know, with how much of a techie, Chris Bosch is. If he had played in this era, maybe social media itself views him much differently because of how much he embraces this stuff.
0: Yeah. That's a good point. He was such a engaging dude. Like he just uh he's wonderful at talking. I'm speaking right now because look, I don't think this is going to apply for copyright. I feel like I could probably share this and it's not the end of the world. So why don't I go ahead and do that, baby? Let me just, uh, here, bear with me as I make this happen here on Restream Live. This is big, big podcasting we're doing. Going to add, add a source or share my screen. Here we go. Got it figured out. Uh, do I have it figured out? I don't think I do. I'll just leave it there for now. I'll edit it in afterwards. How about that? People just, uh, <laughs> can just go search it. <laughs> yeah, just go search the Chris Bosch, I'll, you know the commercial by now. Howdy partners, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh <laughs> with that, we're gonna I round up today's show. <laughs> oh man. All right, Big V, anything you want to promote?
2: Uh usual stuff, Raptors.com, CBC Sports, Complex Canada. And uh, you know, shout out to you doing big things with the CEBL, Colin, uh, J. Cole games. Very nice to see.
0: Oh, thanks, Ride. last week. ESPN DM'd me to share my seven-second video of J. Cole dunking. Not a thing I would have thought would happen. But, yeah, thanks, everyone, who's been watching the C E B L. Been lots of kind words, actually, uh, from people reaching out, saying they've tuned into some of the games. And don't hate hearing my voice on the broadcast, which is a win to me. Uh, so thank you. I'll be back on the call, actually, tomorrow night. Guelph's taking on Niagara. I'll be back up in Guelph calling that game on CBC Gem and C E B L Plus, if you want to go and uh be a pal and support the shows there uh or support the league on there there's not a show i have a weekly show there too i'm losing plot it's very monday over here we're Jake gonna wrap it there. on a show he might he just might uh we're gonna wrap it there thank you very much for tuning in we will talk to you again on tuesday as we're gonna start talking trades baby we're gonna dig into rudy gobert donovan mitchell deandre ayton all these players who will surely not be playing for the Raptors by the end of the off season, but that doesn't mean we can't talk about it, baby. That'll be tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. Talk to you then. Bye. Bye.
1: Hey, prime members. You can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on Amazon music.